Welcome to the Wiser Wealth Management Roundtable. We believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith, guiding you to financial freedom are my co-hosts, Jordan Sudi and Jennifer New today. Hello, Jennifer. Hi. Jordan. Hi. How are you? Doing great. We are here today to talk about uh, the Georgia Gold Program. And so Jordan and I have asked uh, Jennifer to join us. Jennifer, you're with Mount Perrin Christian School. Tell us a little bit about uh, your title and your role there. So I'm the Chief Development Officer, which just um, means that I um, help bring in additional resources to the school outside of tuition. Okay. And this is a great additional resource. So <laughs> it is. Uh, yes. I guess to back up a second, today's topic is a theme that we're going to do for a couple of podcasts is how do we use our tax credits or how do we get tax credits to help or create tax credits to help our local community? In some cases for business owners, there's, there's a little more of a dollar for dollar benefit, mm-hmm. but just as um, workers, uh, people working in the community, and we all, most of us pay state income tax, there's actually a way you can direct it toward things that you're passionate about. And so this is our, our, our first series covering that. And we're going to start with uh, the Georgia Goal Program, which is the name of the, the program. So, right, right exactly. <laughs> very, very straightforward. So how this generally is going to work is, is you can give money to the program and the program benefits the Christian school. And I'll let you kind of take it from here on, on the overview of that. Right. So um, in the state of Georgia, we're really lucky um, to have this opportunity, this tax credit, where any state taxpayer, individual or entity, corporation, can redirect a portion of their state taxes to a student scholarship organization in the state. Georgia Goal is the largest student scholarship organization. There are others. And what the money is used for is to benefit a student for scholarship at an independent school. The funds essentially are directed by the taxpayer and they funnel through the student scholarship organization like Georgia Goal, and they're administered by the school as financial aid for a student who financially qualifies. Okay, so financially qualified. Can you kind of walk us through that and what that means? Sure. So each independent school is able to um, set their own standards for financial qualification on their general financial aid. However, when it comes to this specific program with the tax credit funded scholarships, there are guidelines because the legislation was originally designed to help lower income families be able to have school choice. So these scholarships specifically within any independent school in the state of Georgia are being targeted to help those lower, low middle income families afford a a private education. Income wise, where does that top out? It's really subjective, so it kind of depends on the number of people in the family. It's it's based on AGI, and so um, it really depends on the number of people in the family and you know total income. But at least for the Georgia Gold Program, I can speak on that the average income of Georgia Gold recipients is in the range of forty to fifty thousand dollars annually for fa- household income. Mm-hmm. Exactly okay. AGI, mm-hmm. which normally, you know, in private school tuition per child can range from what anywhere from depending on the school, mm-hmm. 10,000 a year to mm-hmm. 25,000 a year. Right, exactly. So that that would be a big burden so that a typically that would not be they wouldn't have access. Right, to absolutely. Absolutely. And there's no athletic ability as part of the criteria. Nope. So um, in the state of Georgia, independent school admission is based on mission fit with the school. 
and that's unique obviously to each school but at the k-12 level which is unlike universities and colleges at the k-12 level they cannot be admitted on the basis of athletic ability so um, it really just boils down to if they qualify academically and behaviorally for that particular school so i talk a little bit about how does a tax credit happen so how does it impact our our tax returns if we give to this program yeah, you did such a good job, Jennifer, of giving the overview of goal. Let's talk about how to practically get it on that return. So every year, the Georgia Department of Revenue approves X number of millions of dollars in credits for education credits. And so they're first come, first serve. So you've got to hop on them if you want them. I, I think I saw for 21, they've approved $100 million. So a big you know number is available. You would reach out to Georgia, apply for your X number of dollars, whether you're a business or an individual. There's caps and limits and we can get to that they'll send you an approval letter and then you pay goal you send your money to goal goal will distribute to a school of your choice and then they in turn give you um, a credit form it's an IT form that you give to your tax preparer if you prepare your own you you know input it yourself and you get a dollar for dollar credit on your Georgia income tax return so you're not necessarily saving money but like we said you are redirecting your tax dollars you are seeing where your tax dollars are going to work exactly yeah and that limit was again a thousand dollars for an individual 2500 for a married couple Mm -hmm. so you're going to pay 2500 dollars to the state anyway right Mm -hmm. now you're just redirecting it to the private school program right and if you don't have a private school not parent might be willing to accept that absolutely checkbox on the form. Right. Absolutely, right? <laughs> we we like everyone. Um, I think one of the really neat things about it is that it is really an, uh, a non-sacrificial gift, right? So when we give to things we care about, typically it's sacrificial. You're coming out of pocket. This is really you're going to be made whole, dollar for dollar. So it's a really neat way to be able to give at a high level. If you're not someone who can just stroke a check for one of those bigger amounts, this is a really neat way to be able to do that. It's really almost every single person in the private school community probably should be doing this. Absolutely. I think there probably is awareness about it, but probably um, maybe more needs to be made because that's, you know, of course, in our case, our school is pretty full. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess it it could help more people inside the school, but maybe not necessarily attracting more people. That's that wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be the be the objective. Jordan, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, the business side? Because there's, you know, we talked about is a dollar for dollar. But if you're a small business owner, there might be more credits out there. Right. For pass through entities. So your S corps and your LLCs, um, you have the opportunity to exceed that 2500 and give up to $10,000. And that's a federal tax deduction on your federal tax return. And then that credit flows through to your Georgia return and you get a $10,000 credit right on your Georgia return. So an excellent opportunity to tackle both federal and state where you don't get to do that. If you're just an individual, you know, putting out the 2,500, you know, you're getting a double whammy there for federal and state big savings as a business owner, mm-hmm, as yeah. a business owner. Yeah. Exactly. So what do you guys think makes the Georgia goal unique from other scholarships that are out there? Really, I I love the fact that with Georgia goal, I love it for taxpayers because you're essentially able to vote with your dollar, right? You're able to tell the government what you want them to do with your tax dollar. I don't know of very many opportunities where we get to do that, where we get to be that specific. I love that it's helping families to have school choice that otherwise would not be able to have a choice. If you have wealth, you already have a choice 
choice about where you send your kids to school, but people who don't have the means to pay the tuition, they don't have a choice. They have to send their kid to where they're districted for. And I would say probably my favorite thing that I've seen play out at at Mount Perrin Christian School, for example, and it's played out in hundreds of other communities across the state of Georgia, is that I love the fact that, you know, our kids who both attend Mount Perrin sit next to kids in class who are benefiting from this program, their friends who are benefiting from this program. And I love the connection there. I love that it's right there benefiting in my own local community at my very own school. And I think as a taxpayer who's participating, it's extremely rewarding. And I think that if my student was a scholarship recipient, I would find it extremely humbling that people in my own school are the ones that are funding my education. Yeah, I don't think there's any stigma on any child. I don't think that anybody would ever know uh, that that child was was there under a scholarship program unless they were telling people. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. What about other states? You know, I, I'm we're, we're starting to get we're starting to get fan mail. <laughs> Brad and Matthews aren't aren't uh, with us today, but but uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I've I've just last weekend, I think it's about four emails from different listeners from wow. different parts of the country, yeah, uh, cool. and we also can see our podcast server. Um, I can't remember who can't remember who that was anyway or is but we can see where people are listening we got mm-hmm. people in in denmark i believe and and uh that are they're listening regularly and then wow. a lot of binge listeners it was interesting to see we had like 80 downloads i think it was one day last week you like man what podcast did everyone really like because we, we take feedback from you guys that are listening going okay what what series should we work on next and it was one person who listened to 80 in a row oh wow so they just went back to Near the beginning, I guess, yeah. and just went all the way through, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Must have been on a road trip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, but if listening to us on a road trip, I don't know. I don't know if I listen to myself on a road trip. Um, so we'll, let's talk about other states then. So let's, let's look at Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina. I, obviously, we don't know the specifics of those programs, but, but Jennifer, you have some working knowledge of states in general that, that are doing this. Right. So there's about 20 states right now, and it's growing. I remember when it was just a few that have a similar tax credit program, specifically where you can take a tax credit um, and it benefit um, students for scholarship in an independent school. It varies a little bit on the specifics. Um, Florida, for example, theirs is a corporate-only tax. I particularly like Georgia's model. and Georgia that only corporations can give to right, it, not exactly, individuals. Not individual taxpayers, exactly. And I particularly like Georgia's model, and it, it usually is, is held by um, kind of the national figures for school choice is sort of the example. And one of the reasons why is that it's available to both individuals and corporations. And my feeling is, is that anything that is available only to corporations, you kind of lose that grassroots support of the program. And I just believe in empowering individuals as much as as the corporations. It also doesn't lend itself to like funny business and things like that. So I particularly like it being available to individuals and corporations, but there's a lot of different models across the country and it's become a pretty popular option for school choice. Okay. Jennifer, tell us some success stories. <laughs> um, or a so, success story. <laughs> so there are, there are so, so many, but I want to give you a couple of examples of some students that have come through, um, particularly Mount Perrin over the years. Um, in the early days, I remember this one student who was in high school, and um, it was a, a, 
a pretty rough high school, and he actually called us from a payphone. Remember those? Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> called us this, from a payphone. The story not, has a date on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> called us. Um, they still had those, and um, and said, "I want to apply to your school." And that's a pretty unusual call because we typically get calls from parents, right? Um, so yeah, so to have a, a student advocating for himself, but um, convinced his mom, and you know, typically we would not have had the resources to fund um, him as needy as they were to come to the school. He came to the school and stayed all four years. And later his brother came, both graduated from Mount Perrin. And I can honestly say after getting to know him and seeing in the ways in which he contributed to the life of our school, um, part of the reason why I wanted to leave his school is he was being recruited for a gang. Now, this kid was a bright kid anyways, but it became more and more difficult for him to resist the pressures that were there. And he wanted to be a, a pastor one day, and so it made sense for him to look at a Christian school. But while he was at our school, I saw the ways in which he contributed um, to the school and the things that he was involved in and the way that our students loved his family. And I honestly believe that at the end of the day, we were the beneficiaries, not him. He probably would have been okay. He was a great kid. He would have been good. But our school, I would say, benefited as much as he personally benefited from being at the school. So he's off doing great things. Another example was a young lady who um, came from a single parent family and um, strong academic student, but just um, really needed a smaller um, school environment. And she spent about six years at Mount Perrin and ended up graduating as our salutatorian in the end. So just the contributions, you know, academically and athletically and just to our school culture were incredible. And of course, with a single parent, her mom was never going to be able to afford um, a private school education for her daughter. And in both of those cases, it not only changed the, the course of the students, but it also really changed the fabric of those families as well. Um, because as you know, Mount Perrin is a wonderful school community, and many private school communities are, but they our school really rallies around our families, and it's very tight-knit. Um, and so those entire families each benefited from that. Yeah, that's one of the things that as a you know, in full disclosure, my I have three children at Mount Perrin, so I know the I know the system well. But I, I I'd say that no, there's no perfect school. Uh, we still have problems with families and children at our schools, uh, but it's addressed differently. You look at school orientation, and the classrooms are full, right? Where uh, my wife taught public school for about six years, I believe, yeah, or seven years, and. Uh, school or parent orientation, like people wouldn't show up. Like you have a class of 22 kids, you might get three or four parents that would that would show up. Right, parent engagement <laughs> is huge. So yeah, yeah. it's and, and that makes it makes a big difference, and it keeps the system somewhat honest. Where you know, I feel like in in public school, you they have really good teachers uh, in public school, but you don't have that parent involvement, which helps take it over the edge a little bit. And then there's also sometimes teachers that don't know the Mount Perrin way. And we always kind of joke in our families, like it's a new teacher. It'll mm -hmm. take them a year or two take to figure out, <laughs> you know, with the right parent going through that class to, for that parent to teach the teacher how, how, how to teach. Absolutely. <laughs> and you bring up a great point with parent engagement too. Parent engagement is a critical component of any successful school. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about private school or the poorest of neighborhoods 
parent engagement is the number one factor in the success of a school. And one of the things that a lot of people don't realize about this scholarship is that these kids are not, they are not on full scholarship. Their families are putting something in. Oftentimes the grandparents are putting something in. The parents are also putting something in. The school's putting in additional resources outside of the Georgia Goal Scholarship. And so it's a big investment and the parents are truly engaged um, because they they they've got skin in the game as well. There obviously there's less parent engagement in college, which there should be. But I'm I'm on the board up at Barry College. It's in Rome, Georgia, small liberal arts school, about uh, 2,800 students, but on 27,000 acres of beautiful land. Mm-hmm. It's always uh, Barry's always in the top four prettiest campus in the world. Mm-hmm. They're, always, they're always on the list. <laughs> so I have to throw in my Barry plug. But we we have the Gate of Opportunity Scholarship, which is kind of like what Mount Perrin's doing. The Gate Opportunity Scholarship is it can be a four-year program. Sometimes it ends up being five years. But uh, essentially, the, the endowment uh, is putting in a third of the tuition. The parents put in a third of the tuition, and then the students have to work on campus for the final third of the tuition. And I look at that model, and that, that's a really, it's a really good model because everyone is sacrificing a little bit in order to achieve the objective, which is to get a degree. Uh, and they're, they're all different majors. I think a lot of them end up being animal science. Uh, which is the largest major on, on campus uh, because of the land and the forestry and all that. But uh, Mount, Mount Perrin, uh, through the Gold Program, is able to do, sounds like something very similar. I did not realize that. So that's, that's, uh, that's a great opportunity for, for them. You know, kind of going back to, uh, back to the tax credit, um, there are so many things that we're going to cover. Uh, this is the first of the three series on community tax credits. But I think this one probably hits home the most because... It's just, it's an example to me in America that we don't have to be stuck. Like so many people are waiting the stuck flag, like you're suppressing me or you're, you know, I, I don't have any opportunity, but you do have opportunity. It's just, you have to put forth an effort to, to find that opportunity. Right. 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 And if you aren't convinced yet, <laughs> I noticed today there's 13 million credits still out there. Exactly. So yeah, if you're listening to this. For 2021. Yes. For, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. for 2021. Yeah. yeah. There's still the opportunity to hop on this for the tax year. And you can still sign up. I've already signed up for 2022. Uh, but I let's have. Let's talk about 2022. Okay, let's do it. There's better because there's new <laughs> things in store uh-huh. in 2022 that I'm excited to talk about. So um, for business owners um, in 2022, in the past, um, business owners have been limited to $10,000 unless you were a C corp. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a huge difference and. Um, it means a couple of things. One, there's going to be more resources, which yay for schools and students. Right. That's fantastic. Um, but it also means that the cap will be reached sooner because now you're talking about your largest entities being able to take up 75% of those tax credits. So I would say to the people who are individuals or filing as a married couple, you got to get on it right away um, and, and get approval for your 2022 tax credit. And if you're a business, same thing, get on it right away because that, that cap is going to be hit a lot earlier next year than it was in 2021. Mm -hmm. For sure. Definitely. Jordan, you were talking about something before we started recording um, for business owners out there who want to participate. It's good to run the tax return two different ways. Yes. So talking about 2022 to take advantage of that new, awesome, up to 75% limit, you have to choose to be taxed at the entity level. So that's something totally different, you know, from your pass through and all the years Mm -hmm. previous. So it's just going to be a a running of a calc both ways to see 
I mean, how do you come out personally? Because it is, you know, you're not saving any money here necessarily on your Georgia return, but it's the federal difference that you're trying to take advantage of. So you're going to be helping the program both ways. So make sure you run it both ways to see what's advantageous for you. As an individual mm-hmm. or as a, as a company. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. And do you know a CPA that would be willing to do those, that do that planning? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Over at Studi CPA, we will definitely take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Michael, David, uh, and Jordan, all three of you at Sudi CPA, Sudi S U T E. They always ask me how to spell it, so I'm gonna spell it for you now. Just like Nike, Sudi. S U T E CPA dot com. You can learn more about Jordan and her team over there. Jennifer, thank you for coming on and absolutely talking with us. Yes, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Wiser Roundtable podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss out on new episodes. Head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out if you have any questions. We would love to hear from you. Today's episode was produced and edited by Lilton Moore. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.